Hey, and welcome to Eliza starting at 16. I'm Eliza Rubin. I'm a 19-year-old sophomore at Harvard, and it has been so, so long, but I'm back. I'm back at school, obviously. It's been a few months since I've gotten here. Things are vastly different from last year. I've got a new place that I live. I live in Elliott House now, which is a river house, which means it's obviously along the river, but it also is where I live for the next, I guess, where I'm going to live for the next three years, the rest of my time here. I live with my blockmates, who are new people that I live with. We picked each other, and we're going to live together for the rest of our time, I, as far as I can tell. Um, that has been going great. I have all new classes, which I'll go through later, but everything so far is so good. I'm still doing radio. I am now moved from 3.30 to 5 a.m. on Thursday nights with one of my friends to 1 to 2 a.m. on Tuesdays, which is better. It means that I don't have to move any classes because I'm sleeping through them anymore. My sleep schedule is still super bananas, though. Lately, it's been like 3 a.m. to 11 a.m. because my first class is at noon, and it's just like very strange. But as we speak, it's 9 a.m. on a Monday. Somehow I woke up at 6, so I'm just going with it. I even ate breakfast for like the first time all year this year, so... That's a little glimpse into the life of a college student. Everything at all times feels kind of like you're playing catch up and you're never quite there, but you're like almost there and maybe you don't fully fail at things, but you always feel like you might. And it's not as giant a bummer as it sounds. Or maybe we're just used to it. It's definitely a really different feeling to be a sophomore than to be a freshman. Um, Whereas in high school, I felt like I really stuck out like a sore thumb as a freshman but then got older and realized it didn't really matter. I think the kind of the reverse applied in college. I felt really just like average as a freshman. And then looking back, I realized like I know who the freshmen are and there's much more of a distinction, I think. Um, and I remember I I totally predicted it. Like last year, I was like, what the, like, what is going on? Like people keep saying things like, oh, I can smell a freshman from a mile away. I can tell you're a freshman, the difference, like they would say things. And I was like, oh, come on. Like there's not really like whatever. But then as I predicted, like you get there and you're like, okay, I guess I'm going to, um, not in a condescending way as I think it can often come across just in a, like everyone's getting used to things way. And there's a sort of once everyone's had shared experiences and gets all the references and and is kind of more adjusted to being out of your high school territory I think things change a little bit especially because we live in such different places the house atmosphere is just very different from just a regular dorm atmosphere and it's different to live a little bit further from your friends maybe as long as you're like other than the people you live with obviously um it's really nice to have your own dining hall Thursdays you can't dine in other dining halls it's only your house so you really see a lot of people you know you have your sophomore advisor in your house you just make friends you see people a lot of houses have like something called Stein which is essentially like a hangout every ours is Thursday um where there's food and there are drinks and people hang out and I don't know play pool my house has like what looks like a little diner in the basement Um, and some houses have that too. It's called a grill where there's, it's literally, it's like diner food. There's like mozzarella sticks and milkshakes and burgers and popcorn chicken and all that jazz. So that's where you see a lot of people. Um, and I just realized like, I think of it as much less of a burden than I did last year to go to the dining hall. Like last year, I think I felt it was in a different space. I had to walk there, which 
<laughs> is not a big deal and I didn't even have to walk that far but having it outside meant it make made it feel much more like an occasion to go there um and it was just one giant place with all of the freshmen so I felt very like watched I felt conspicuous I felt like it was really significant where I sat who I sat with I wouldn't want to go alone really as much because I was like everyone's watching me um but now it feels much more like I'm in my own territory and I find that to be comforting um and you meet new people I meet so many new people especially because it's just all mixed years the only drawback is that there aren't hot breakfasts which is annoying but as we speak I made a waffle so um you don't have sausages or bacon but you do have waffles and that's pretty nice so anyway the classes I'm taking this year um are I'm taking a class on Cold War Berlin which is super fascinating and just because I'm interested in it I'm taking a sculpture class which is taught by this really cool artist her name's Carissa Rodriguez um she is basically teaching for a year so she's teaching this class called um it's beginning sculpture and it's like the object to be destroyed so it's kind of about sculptures ephemeral nature and she's super super cool and half the class is us talking about readings or maybe having guest lectures or just I don't know what like thinking about all the different topics because she can cover so much because she knows so much so it's really kind of a loose structure where we can just explore and then half the class is maybe coming up with something that fits with our reading so we talked about like Duchamp and his ready-mades and so then one week we had to make our own ready-mades which was really fun to see this week it's about institutional critique so now we're coming up with ways different things you can do or even ideas if it's too big a project to actually take on um that could maybe critique the institution the museum as an institution or Harvard as an institution so that's been really really fun I really love that class um I'm also taking French because I have to take a language and I'm interested in it and I took Spanish in high school, went to one Spanish class here, realized I was too good for, I mean not too good, like too good at Spanish for that class um, but not good enough at Spanish for the next one and I was like, you know what, I'd rather, I'm just, we're just gonna start fresh. Um, so I'm now taking French with one of my best friends and that's been really, really fun and finally, I'm taking a history of arts and architecture tutorial, which basically, I think for every concentration, every major here, um, as a sophomore, you have to take what's called a tutorial, which is like a specialty class for people who are in that concentration. So for this, it's history of art and architecture, which it's up in the air at this point what I'm going to major in. I go back and forth, but I figured I would take it to be on the safe side if I wanted to pursue it. And basically what it is, is it's a really small seminar where we go through just all the different ways of looking at art, at history of art and architecture. We go to have some classes in the museum. We talk about different lenses like psychoanalysis or social art history. We look through like the lens of gender or biography. Um, it's like very abstract, really thinking about like, what is the way we think about the things that we think about and what is it and why and what is art? And it's really interesting. Um, I'm particularly interested in like exhibition design and how we use spaces. So just a little peek into my mind and what I'm, what's keeping me awake at night is that I'm also really interested in visual and environmental studies, which is the department that my sculpture class is in. 
it's so cool it's like that basically covers like studio arts filmmaking drawing animation you know so like sculpture painting and then photography and all that and so it's really just like the art department in a lot of ways if you want to be broad about it there's its own building if you take those classes you have access to all the resources of that building like wood shops and metal shops and the computers and the photo uh, just so much cool stuff and I'm really interested in the like creative aspect of it the hands-on aspect of it a lot of what frustrates me is feeling like I can't just do stuff like I can think about doing stuff and I can think about thinking about doing stuff and I can think about what I find cool but I can't just get out there and do it and I really feel like with this department I can do it but I'm also so interested in the theory and I want to have a foundational knowledge of what I'm thinking about so there's like a reason behind why I would do what I would be doing I really love the courses that, and when I'm looking at the requirements I really feel like history of art and architecture has so many cool things that I also want to pursue that it's a really hard decision for me to make um, it can obviously be changed but I feel like both both departments have things that I want and need for what I'm looking at um, which is essentially like how we design spaces and use the tools that we have to make something really really cool and intricate and I'm really interested in like kind of changing how or not even changing just exploring how we put art where we put art and what we do with it so I don't know that's kind of my pickle at the moment um if I want to declare VES I have to do that in oh fun (laughs) this Thursday I have to apply to do that their deadline is earlier than most And if I want to do something else, then I have to decide by November 8th. So basically, either way, I've got to figure this out, like, today. Um, Ooh, as... (laughs) I feel like the nervous energy is just radiating off of me. Um, I would also... I'm also considering doing a joint concentration, but that basically means you have not... You don't have room for electives because the requirements of both take up all of your time. And I would have to come up with a thesis, like, "Mm," right now. So, (laughs) wow. Okay. So, as many times as I talk about it, it still never doesn't make me nervous. And it's not because I think it's, like, dictating my life or a huge career choice or whatever. But it is, it's it's just this kind of impending um, decision that I just want to, I just want to pick whichever route will, like, complete my heart (laughs) the most, as cheesy as that is. That is what I want to do. I just, I, I just... Oh boy, <laughs> any, any, uh, any day now, I'm sure I'll get there. I am sure, I'm sure I will get there. It's also hard because the classes like rotate, especially within the VES department, because so many artists are visiting teachers. Um, it just really, you never really know what the courses are going to be, which makes it hard for me to predict like how interested am I going to be in these things? Can I plan out? like a course schedule for the next four years or three years as I'm as I have to when I'm applying because I don't really know what they are so I don't know if I'm able to do that but people switch majors all the time I have a friend who came in doing computer science switched to VES then neurobiology and now is back at VES and she's a junior and it all worked out for her so I'm sure there's a way I can do it oh gosh anyway some things that I'm into lately. First of all, I just finished listening to the sixth episode of the podcast, The Dream, which is a fascinating podcast about multi-level marketing, aka if you want to be blunt about it, um, 
what look a lot like pyramid schemes, but it's not a condescending look at them as I feel like so often we see. It's not like, look at these fools who are signing up for things, like you're never going to make your money, none of that. Um, It's really like, it's coming from a place of interest from someone who has a lot of family and friends who have done this, who comes from a place where people do this a lot. Um, They talk to people who have done it, who are still doing it, who are running it. They talk to like economists and it's just really, really fascinating and they look at the history of it. I would just totally recommend it. It's called The Dream. It's really well done and I'm always like, oh my god, can this next episode come out, please? So I would just, just, just listen to it. It's really, really interesting. Second of all, the longer that I am here, the more I realize slowly but surely no one is on Facebook anymore. Um, that's it. I'm calling it. I've called it many times before, but I think this is the actually, like, I am calling it because people are more and more just saying, like, I'm not interested in this thing. I don't care for it. I don't go on it. I don't find it fun at all. I know that they're evil and, like, watching me at all times, like, that's not really up for debate. We all know. We don't know exactly what they're doing, but we know they're doing something and no number of, like, fun PR things can fix that. We know that they're meddling in stuff that we don't want them to be meddling in. It's just the ads are too creepy and the organization is too annoying and just no, I just no. No young people are on it anymore. My little sister is 13. When I was 13, I was desperate to get on it and she's 13 and she has no I don't think she she's ever mentioned wanting to get it ever in her life there's still those gaps that I don't know you'd be able to fill. I don't know how to fill them with like events and groups, but I'm sure we'll find a way. Just, just really don't bother. Just, I'm, I, it's just the only thing it's really useful for is like looking at someone, looking someone up because you don't know everyone's Instagram handle and they might be private and it's much easier to find out, like get the gist of someone via Facebook, but that's about it. And finally, something that I've really been thinking about lately, especially like the more kind of organizations or like institutions I see, the more I talk to my friends about like their summer internships and all that, institutions are not like exponentially better run than they appear to be. If that like things are not happening behind the scenes a lot of the time is something that I'm realizing. Like I think often from afar, from a lower level, you look at something and you're like, I'm sure someone somewhere has this figured out. And so often they just don't. And like you expect that, maybe you expect that your boss or your boss's boss or your boss's boss's boss like has this, has it covered. And like there's, they know what they're doing. Like they have some scheme. Very often it seems like that's just not really the case. Like they just... I think places are just, they're just really full of people who are doing their best ideally and like doing what they can do and doing what they know how to do. But like, there's not really some all-knowing authority who's like capable of solving all the problems most of the time. And the more places I've like worked over summers or just like come into contact with, the more I've talked to people who have been like, yes, I had this job and my boss and I didn't speak and everyone expected me to do something that like when I didn't have anything to do, people just left me alone. Like I saw these holes in the kind of, in the company. Um, 
I saw all these flaws. Like, I saw where money was just, like, falling out the side. Even, like, student-run things often are just, like, there's not really a plan. I say even student-run. Like, yes, obviously student-run things. Like, there's just not always a plan. And what to take away from that for me has been, like, yes, that's a bummer. But also, it's kind of cool because it means there's room for you to do something. And if you see a better way to run things, then you, like, might be able to because people want a way to fix it. And just because no one's doing something to plug the holes doesn't mean that they can't or aren't thinking about it. Often it's just like there's more pressing stuff than fixing the framework. Like we have an event tomorrow that we need to organize and pay for. So we're just going to kind of deal with that and then figure out why we have a deficit later, you know, (laughs) or like, well, in this household that's supposed to be run, like we're running out of some item and we're just we need it for dinner tonight so we're not going to think about the grocery budget or whatever it is you know it's just little things that I think sometimes if you have the if you have the feeling that you want to sit down and make a plan for it maybe do it because I don't think someone else always will so that is that for this week thank you so much for listening I promise I will be back sooner than the next like six months 